took a loss, I learned a lesson. I won't ever think I'm better than the next man. I've been down before the come up, I ain't stressing. Baby, I'm too busy counting all these blessings. Blessings. What's up, everybody? Good to see you. Good morning to you. Glad you're here, and welcome. This is a brand new series called Bless, and I'm um, about to get my rap game on. Come on, somebody. That might be one of the coolest bumpers we've ever had, and, uh, you know, I don't know if anybody's heard Kanye West's new stuff. Anybody heard that? Isn't that cool? It's got what God's doing in his life, man. I love it. One of my, uh, actually, I met his pastor, had lunch with his pastor, or dinner with his pastor, uh, back in the spring, and just what God was even doing then. So I just think that's awesome. Uh, I'll save my rap game maybe for next week, but uh, we got some good ground to cover. Hey, look at the person next to you, though. Let them know. Say, hey, it's, uh, you're, you look a lot better this week than you did last week. Let them know they're in a state of improvement. Come on. <laughs> Getting better, man. Getting better. Hey, I also want to take a second and just recognize all of our veterans. If you are serving or have served, would you stand to your feet? We just want to honor you today. Come on, if you're in the house, yeah, come on, that's awesome. Come on. Honor you all. It's great. Thank you guys so much. Honor you. Honor each and every one of you and thank God for you and your service and and appreciate you very much on this Veterans Day weekend. And for all those that are watching, we have a lot of military families in our church. And, uh, and so some of them are overseas actually right now. And they watch our services because uh, they're part of this church. And we just want you guys to know how much we love you. We're thanking of you all the time, praying for you for just a safe return. And uh, we honor you on this Veterans Day as well. Come on, can we just honor all those that are across? Come on, the world. Come on, we can do better than that for them. Love you guys. All right. Well, man, how many did you enjoy last Sunday? Come on with Pastor Tully and Chavidjan. Wow. What a message and just the feedback we've gotten. If you missed last Sunday, you have got to make sure. I mean, it, it, uh, I mean, going to watch it's one thing, being here was another, but you'll get some by watching it, all right? And so make sure you go watch that message. It was absolutely incredible. And uh, man, just he's becoming a good, good friend. We'll have him back. I've had many ask me, will he be back? He'll be back, all right? And so we'll, we'll, uh, we'll look forward to that, but uh, it was a powerful weekend. Uh, I want to just again welcome all the guests here today. If you're here for the first time, just want to welcome you. So glad that you are with us here today. And um, I want to also just let you know today, as we kick off this series called Bless, uh, this is a really a family conversation that we're going to have today uh, with our church family. So you get to be in on uh, just kind of the insider conversation of what we're ha what's happening in our church and, and kind of where we're going and what we're believing God for. All right. And so we just want to welcome you again and just so glad that you are with us. And one of the things that I just believe is incredibly important that if we're going to be a healthy church, that we have to have healthy conversations. Amen. And so, and, and I want to do that today. I want to take some time today and just kind of talk to you a little bit from my heart and, um, and tell you a little bit about what God is doing. We're going to celebrate uh, as well here today. But I want to start off by just kind of updating you. This has been an incredibly historic year for Elevate City. Uh, we are only seven years old, and what we have seen God do in seven years, you guys, 
is a miracle. I'm telling you, you are sitting in a miracle of just God's faithfulness, that's for sure. And so I want to just brag on God. Can I do that for a few minutes with you today? And then just brag on you guys a little bit too. And so let me just share a couple stats with you today. It'll be on the screen. Here we go. Uh, this year alone, we've seen the most salvations we ever have in one year's time, and that's 669 people that have been saved. Come on, somebody! With a total of now 3,348 people who have been saved since the launch of Elevate in March of 2012. Come on, can we give God a better hand, everybody? So good. So good. We've had just this year alone uh, another just break, record-breaking uh, number for our church. Uh, and we're not done with 2019, by the way. But we've now seen 407 people identify themselves as guests, first-time guests in our church. That is not normal, just so you know. Um, to see these kinds of numbers is just incredible. And so to God be the glory, amen? We've also seen 200 kids, uh, new kids that have come in this year as well, which has just been absolutely phenomenal, first-time kids. And, and can I just take a minute and brag on our kids' ministry? Can I do that for a second? Because uh, they are just absolutely crushing it. Um, and what I mean by that is I am so thankful to be a part of a church and to help pastor a church that where our kids' ministry is in a place that is thriving because we have a bunch of selfless men and women who are serving your kids and mine right now because they're called to do it, not just filling in an area because there's a need. And there's a massive difference between serving in the area of your call as opposed to serving in the area of a need. I think we gotta, we'd have a lot less frustrated Christians in the world if we can continue to help people find their sweet spot in what God has given them to do and then encourage them to find it and then go after what God has given them in Jesus' name. And so we have just seen uh, just some healthy things happening, incredible stories. A, a, friend, or a, a family that's only been a part of our church for about a year uh, came up to me um, some time ago and actually approached our kids' pastor as well. And I just want to say, man, our kids' pastor, uh, Pastor Heidi, and our associate uh, kids' pastor as well, Blythe, they just are doing a great, great job. And uh, super, super proud of them and their leadership. All right. They do not like it when I highlight them in here, all right? And so, so I'm good with the kids, Pastor, all right? And, uh, but so nonetheless, we are in a place where that family came to me, and they said, Pastor, we just want you to know, they said, this is the, about the eighth church we've looked at. I said, oh, I said, what brings you here, you know? <laughs> and they said, well, to be honest with you, we have a child who's special needs. And out of, out of all the churches we've been to so far, nobody's been able to handle our child. And so um, she's always removed any place that we go. But this is the first church that we've ever been to uh, and the first Sunday we've ever been to that uh, our child wasn't removed and we weren't called out during a service because uh, your kids team here is amazing and um, got the information needed and is working with us, working with our child. And, um, and they said, and, and finally, we can sit in a service and enjoy the service and knowing our kid is, uh, our child is okay, and, but our child is also getting ministered to in the midst of what uh, they're going through. And so we just wanted to thank your kids' ministry for just their patience and their love and just reaching out to help special needs kids. And I just want you to know, it's a real call for us, and uh, Blythe has that call in her life, but we have a lot of teachers that have that, just that real call to help, and we never want to have to remove any children. That's just the heart 
of us is we want to be able to work with mom and dad and help to see what we can do to make it work. And I'm just so thankful for a kids ministry like that because if not, I don't know if that family would be anywhere today, but because of just the faithfulness of our teachers and their calling, uh, we get to see uh, stories like that come about. And then just not too long ago, um, Pastor Heidi told me about this, and I just thought this was so powerful too, that one of our kids, I, I want to say about nine or ten years of age, uh, just going through a very, very difficult time, actually end up finding out because we, when we do our kids' ministry back there, for those that don't know, we do them in small groups as well. And so they'll have their own worship experience, kind of like you did, and then they'll break off and have uh, small groups as well with our different leaders. And well, uh, it was in the place where they found out within those small groups that one of our children was actually being bullied a lot at school and hadn't really told anybody, and so much so that this little child started cutting. And um, yeah, and, and, but can I just say how thankful I am for our kids' ministry and just for the love of our teachers to work with the, uh, the parent on that and to see that this child is now, man, going through just a, a, an incredible healing process that God is doing now great things in her little life. And so I'm thankful for stories like that. So I just want to brag on our kids' ministry because they're doing a great job. And, and I just also want to say they set up and tear down every weekend. And we, because we sublease this, all right, and so they work hard. So moms and dads, when you go back there today, can you just high five them and just let them know how much you love them, all right? Amen, everybody. They're making a difference. Amen. Our growth track uh, has been something that's been growing this year, just numerically, and people going through that process. Um, we, we've seen 86 people now complete or go through the step three process, which that means people that are taking next steps, man, jumping on the team, serving figuring out what their gift is and taking next step. That's a number I want to see continually grow. And, uh, and so we're, we're proud of that. Our church has increased in attendance this, this year by 20%. Come on to God be the glory for that. Amen. So we're seeing a, a real surge numerically. And then our missions giving, which we're not done yet on this, but I'm really, really proud of our church and our generosity that we've given over $46,000 and we're not done this year. That number will go up quite a bit, especially as we get into legacy, which I'll talk to you more about. But I want to tell you why that number is significant, all right? You need to understand that when we teach tithe and we teach offering, that not only do we teach it, but we model it as a church. Now, and let me tell you why that's important, because less than 4%, less than 4% of churches in America, all right, give to missions, all right? Less than 4% give, all right? And so that number, and, and that number is very low of churches that actually give. Um, and so that's a low number. But I'm very proud to say that our church uh, gives 15% away into missions, that we are well beyond our tithe as a church, our 10% that we give above that just because we believe in generosity and we just believe it's better to give than it is to receive. And so I just want you to know as we teach it, your church models it as well. And so to God be the glory. Can we give God a hand for that? Amen. Amen. All right, so I want, I, want to, I want to tell you something, and again, we're having a, a conversation today uh, and, and just kind of let you know of, of some things that are happening, and so I want to show you what has been taking place. Now, I realize I don't have the biggest whiteboard here, all right, so I know the ones on the wings here, I'm going to do my best to kind of stay out of the way, but if you can't see it, I am going to throw some numbers and, and things up on the screen so you can kind of see it, but I want you to see this first off, and that has just been uh, our, our year uh, that we've had of just substantial growth. And so where we started in 2019 and uh, where we've been, even over the last several weeks, has just been absolutely incredible. 
and uh, all three services, just uh, substantial growth. And so this is what kind of the trajectory has been like for us this year, all right? And it's gone up uh, substantially. And then here's what, what I want us to see, all right? And this is what's important for you and I to understand as we're growing and as we're developing as a, ch a church, that numerically we are growing. And so that means as more people are coming, man, we're reaching more people. But here's, here's the reality of where we're at in our giving. In the midst of this growth, this is where our giving has gone. All right? And so if you've noticed, there's what I would call a vision gap. All right? And so as we've grown... Our giving has stayed the same, okay? So why, why, why is that? Well, what's happened is, is as more people have come in, now we're in a place that we've got more people than we have resources, all right? And so um, part of what I want to show you, again, is where we're at and, 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 and also where um, I believe that God is, is placing us and what he's wanting to do in this. Um, back in the 1st of September, we began um, with a, a church consulting group that is just helping us as the church is growing. I just want to make sure as a pastor that we're doing all that we can to help in our pastoral care, making sure people are taken care of, but also making sure that um, all the I's are dotted, T's are crossed, because it's very important. We want to stay healthy as a church, all right? So the average, average uh, giver right now in our church uh, is giving $15 dollars all right, per week. So that's $15 per week. That's about, and we're taking this based upon right around 500 or about 500 people is what this is, is, is at, 500 adults. All right, the national average for a churchgoer, I want to show you this. Sorry, my writing is ugly, isn't it? All right. Uh, national uh, giver uh, is giving $25. All right, now, this is a big difference, all right, and, and here's what I want to say to this, that um, we're not closing our doors, I'm not freaking out, all right, but as your pastors, we've been working through this this year, here's what I will say, that that is concerning to me, all right, and so, and I just really felt like it was really important as I was praying, uh, just over this, yeah, I've been praying over this message specifically in this series for the last few months, I'm always praying that way and praying ahead, but specifically, just to help us see um, so that means on, an, on a weekly average, just doing some math real quick, that's $7,500 a week, all right? And if we go to the national average, all right, if we get to that place of 25, all right, that brings us up, up to, whoops, 12500 a week, which increases our budget in a year's time of up to, this is substantial, $260,000. All right. So that means when I looked at that number and I was looking through it through the consulting team too, I thought, man, what could we do with an extra $260,000? We could reach a lot more people and do a lot more things for the kingdom of God. And here's what I also know, that there are some things that we've just had to say no to this year because we haven't had it, all right? And so again, um, this is just my heart opening up to you and, and, and just encouraging you and also letting you know of where we're at and, uh, and also what I just believe God wants to do within our church. And so here's, 
again, where we're at, but let me say this, we can't stay here. Okay, we can't stay here so long as we're going to continue to be a church on mission to reach this city and beyond for the glory of God. And so here's the reality. As a church grows, all right, as a church grows, it takes more resources, it takes more money to help and to reach people uh, for God's glory. And um, I love sharing stats like I did with you a moment ago. I'm incredibly proud of this church and to help leading this church and to see what we're doing to accomplish so much for the kingdom of God. But here's, here's my heart too, is I don't want to have to tell God that we can't reach more people because we didn't learn what generosity uh, was in our church. All right? And so generosity uh, is very important. And I realize for this, for some of us, man, this is like, oh my gosh, I can't believe we're talking about that today. But I want to just encourage you. For those that call Elevate Home, this is really important for us as we continue to grow in our relationship with God. And I would say it this way, I wouldn't be a good pastor to you if I didn't teach on this. The two most neglected subjects in the church today are on money and sex. And the sex topic will come up in a few months, by the way, all right? I'll, I'll give you, a, I'll, I'll have, you'll have time to prepare, all right? It'll be spicy, all right? And so, but so we want to help with the difficult subjects. And that's also why I love it. Uh, Pastor Kyle Stadler, uh, a couple semesters ago, started Financial Peace, a small group that also helps people come out of debt. And I, I can't tell you, he would attest to this too, how many people have gone through that and are now financially debt-free and uh, seeing God move and do incredible things in their life financially unlike anything. So not only do we encourage people with the word, but we want to come alongside people and help them in this journey and to also see people debt-free for the glory of God. Amen? Amen? Because, man, it's better to give than it is to receive. All right? And then on December the 8th, that's coming up, is our legacy offering. Now, this is something we do one time a year. Everybody say one time a year. All right, and, and so we have different streams of, of, of what this is going to impact, and I want to tell you what that is. And so this is an opportunity to, when it comes to legacy, um, a legacy is doing something beyond yourself. All right, and so because when you and I are gone, I hope everybody has this heart that, man, we want to know that our life is counted and is making a difference uh, far after we've had our last breath. Amen? I think we all want to know that our life counts for something. And so that's what legacy is all about. And so it's making an impact. So this is a time where we go to God, where we give above our normal tithe and trust God. And it's going to hurt a little bit. And I actually kind of pray it does a little bit. You know, the average person spends 60 bucks a month at Starbucks. You know, maybe instead of eating out three times a week, we only eat out once a week. And why? Because it, it helps build just discipline and prioritizing of what God wants in our lives. So the first thing is our capital. And so 300000 is the goal. And by the way, it may seem like a big number to you, but it's not a big number for God. And 150000 of that would, is going into capital to help have cash set aside for our building. Uh, for those that know that we, we actually offered uh, about two months ago in a facility, didn't get it. That's totally fine. We don't have any current building in front of us right now. So we're going to continue to steamroll and move forward right here. And we're growing, by the way, everybody. All right. So uh, a building can never hold back what God's going to do. Let me just be very clear. All right. But God knows our need and he knows we've been set up, tear down for seven years. Glory to God. All right. And so he understands where we're at. So we're not tripping. All right. 
Uh, the second thing, uh, the stream is we want to be able to give in $45,000 into our kids and student ministry. A lot of vision there. A lot of things. There's a few things this year that we've wanted to really do, but we've just had, we had to say no to this year. And so we're believing for that. Uh, our worship and production as well, seeing 45000 go into helping our worship and production continue to grow. And, uh, and then our Fort Wayne Dream Center. Uh, 30,000 of, of that 300 going into that. And that's our, man, it will be our local hub of outreach that Dan Sparling, who's our outreach director in our church, helps leads that. And so we're believing next year's the year that uh, we will be able to open that in Jesus' name. And then lastly, 30,000 into as we continue to partner with our missions, uh, both nationally, internationally, locally as well here, and continue to make a difference. And here's what I know. I know this, that if we don't do anything, and if we don't do something, that I know people won't be fed, lives will not be changed, uh, the hungry uh, will, again, not be fed, the, the, the naked will not be clothed, and I just know that we have an incredible responsibility that God has given to you and I for his church in his city. And we don't want to just be a church that talks about it, but we want to be doers of the word, not just hearers only. Amen? And so that's my encouragement for us in this. And my final uh, thing I just want to encourage you with as we're having Beth and I are hosting at our house what we're calling Family Vision Gatherings. And this is something we're really excited about doing. And this is an opportunity for Bethany and I just to connect with you a little bit more. And so we're encouraging you to sign up on the app or on the website and be a part of one of these different nights that are happening, all right? And space is limited, all right? Your kids are welcome. We'll have food as well. And, uh, and I want to encourage you to, to sign up and, and be a part. And it's a night that we'll share some more vision and initiative. We got some more just kind of insider info that we're only sharing in those gatherings. And we're not sharing on a Sunday. All right, there's a little incentive. All right, and so just some cool things that are happening in 2020 for our church. And so I just want to encourage you to get signed up. We're going to have an amazing time. And again, people are signing up, so space is limited. So I encourage you to make sure you register and do that. Amen? All right, let's get in the Word. And I got something I want to share with you today and just helping us on this subject of, of just finances and, and tithe. And, and here again, I think what's so important is to see God's heart uh, as it relates to all of this, because it's very, very important. And I want to just say this very clearly and make myself clear. Man, there's no gimmick. This is not uh, myself or anybody trying to get anything from you. This is the, uh, God trying to get something to you, and that's our heart. And I'm gonna, you're going to see in this message today why we as a church believe in the power of first things so, so very much. Because we know generosity is a life-changing principle. And that word blessed, as we kick off this series today, uh, means having supernatural power working for you. I don't know about you, but man, I want some supernatural power working for my behalf. Amen? And so the Bible says in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave. Everybody said he gave. gave. His one and only son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal Life. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, the Bible mentions it's just an interesting fact the word believe uh, 247 times, the word pray 371 times, the word love 714 times. How many know all three of those things are really important? But it's interesting to me that God talks more about giving than He does all those three things combined. He talks about giving 2,161 times in your Bible. So how many know this is an important topic to God? Amen? All right? And so Matthew 6, 24, it says this, Jesus said, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Here's what I know, that finances 
can be an incredible opportunity for people or it can be an amazing frustration for people, all right, and even the topic and hearing about it. And so in other words, here's what, here's what I know, and this is a reality for all of us, myself included, that the number one competition for the human heart is money. The, I'm telling you, the thing that you will wrestle with more on this side of eternity is going to be with finances. And, and so God is in a place where he wants to be first. That's why the systems of this world are failing. And when it comes to the kingdom and comes to God's word, that's why it's the all-time bestseller and still is, and it's still proven, and God is still moving. God is out. He is not outdated. God knows exactly what's going on, all right? And he is alive, and his word is, is, is never changing, and it's always proven time and time again. And so here's what I know, though. If God is going to bless us, he is going to test us. All right, the Bible says this in Luke 16, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. Whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? Now something that helped me some time ago uh, when I was really growing in this is to understand, first of all, the clothes on my back, the food in my belly, the car I drive, the house I live in is all a blessing from God. That whatever God has given me, that I'm called to steward that well. Or in other words, I'm called to manage that well, all right? So I would say it this way. If you're taking notes, you want to write this down. We are owners of nothing but stewards of everything. That God has called us to always manage well what he's blessed us with. All right, so there's the test. If we're going to be faithful with the little, all right, we can be faithful with much. But the problem is... Many can't be faithful, they're not faithful with what God has already blessed them with today. And, and then what happens is, is we throw 911 prayers up at God, hoping just in a moment that he'll move on this, move on that, or man, I, you know, and I've had people say this, man, I, I gave that one time and nothing happened. Well, you know, here's the thing about God, he is no genie in a bottle, and he is not some kind of spiritual slot machine, all right? And so he's got a system and a way that he does things, that's why scripture says his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. I'm glad he doesn't think like me. Amen? All right. And so the question is, is a very important one, and it's this one. If you want to write it down, can God trust me? This is a big question that only you and God can answer. This is not between you and me. Can God trust me? And here's the reality. God doesn't have a problem getting money to you. He just has to know he can get it through you. And for a lot, you know, that might be where the wrestling match is at. And so, again, I'll say it again. God has no problem getting money to us. He just needs to know, can I get it through you? And, and, and so I remember um, growing up, and it was just me and my mom, a single mom and myself. And, and man, my mom worked hard, worked two jobs, did her best for me. And, you know, there were a lot of nights for mom and I that we did uh, ramen noodles. Come on, honey, thank God for some ramen noodles. Come on, somebody. You never eat ramen noodles till you ate with me, all right? I'm just telling you because I do it different. Uh, we had to get creative back in the day, me and mama. And, uh, and so I, I drain the broth, put a little, little butter on it, a little cheese on it. Come on, somebody, all right? It'll change your life. It'll change your life. So anyways, a lot of ramen noodle nights, you know, a lot of spaghetti nights. And that's all mom and mom and I could afford. And I will never forget watching that woman of God. You know, I started working at 13 for a catering company. I'm originally from Kokomo. And when I brought that check home, I'll never forget, as a 13-year-old boy, my mom looked at me and said, son, what are you going to do with that check? I said, mom, you know I'm going to spend it. 
And she said, well, before you do that, I want to teach you. You're going to honor God with what's his. And I said, okay. And so, you know, it wasn't hard for me because I watched my mother model it. And, and I think it became something that became very incredibly important to me because it was important to God. But again, I watched my mother diligently be faithful in that area. But I'll never forget one Sunday morning. And I was about 16, 17 years of age. And we were sitting in, in the church there, and um, we were getting ready to worship God with our giving. My mom grabbed my hand, and she leaned over, and she said, son, we are going to believe God for a miracle today. I said, I said okay, mom. I said, what's up? She said, I'm giving all the $75 that we have left. This is it. I said, I said mom, you might want to hang on to 20. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like, she said, no. <laughs> she said, we're going to trust God with what's his. I said, okay, mom. And so she grabbed my hand. I'll never forget this, you guys. She said, now listen, when this leaves our hands, it goes to God. I said, amen. And you need to know when we worship God with our giving at the end of a service, it's not just a conclusion to a message. No, it's a, it's a moment of worship with our giving to God and to honor him. And that's why we worship with our giving because I'm going to show you in the scripture in a minute that it's holy to him. And so we gave that day. I'll never forget it. She went home and began to pray, and, and then I went my own way. And, but before I headed out of the, the doors of the church, I had a family stop me. Nobody knew our situation but God. That's the way mom always was, very private. And um, family stopped me and said, hey, Kyle, God placed your mom and you on our heart. We just felt like we were supposed to, I may just give in to you and, and your mom. And I was like, oh, okay. Opened up the check, and I was like, whoa. Check for $2,000. I said, Man, this this tithing thing does work, Lord. Okay, you know, and so I'll never forget. I was getting home as quick as I could. We were in a small little apartment. And I got through the door. Mom's doing dishes uh, and and just crying. I said, "Mom, what's wrong?" You know, here I got good news. I'm excited. And she she grabbed on the counter another check. I said, "Oh, Mama, we gonna party? I got one too." You know, <laughs> and then one day God blessed us with four thousand dollars. But let me say something about that. It's awesome. But my mom was faithful, not for a couple Sundays, but as a single mom, and I realize this is not easy, everybody, but I just promise you, if you capture the heart of God and what he wants to do for your life, it becomes easy. It doesn't become a stretch or a frustration because you delight. And, and that, that was a moment that taught me as a young man to always trust God, and, and he, he's got it all covered. And so here's the thing. Number one, God must be first. Proverbs 3, 6 says this, in everything, everybody shout in everything. Put God first, and he will direct you and crown your efforts with success. You know, one of the cool things about tithe is, is you may never have seen it this way, and if you're new at hearing this, Jesus was God's tithe to us. And so in the Old Testament days, uh, the firstborn, uh, God would always ask for the firstborn, um, uh, human and, and animal as well. And if the firstborn was unclean, then you had to redeem it with a spotless, pure, clean lamb. And how many know we were all born sinners? All, how many know we all still messed up needing Jesus' help? All right? And, and so because of that, God sent his son, his spotless lamb, Jesus, to pay the ultimate price for us. Because we were unclean and we needed redeemed. And he was our tithe ever before we believed. That's why one of my favorite verses is in Romans chapter 5 and verse 8. And it says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, he still died for us. What an amazing God, that in the midst of our junk and our mess-ups, that he still embraced the cross and died for us, knowing we hadn't even turned our heart to him yet. It's amazing to me to see that kind of love. And so, um, 
And, and it's been said that any, any first thing given is never lost, but any uh, first thing not given is always lost. It always, listen to me, requires faith to give the first. That's why so few Christians experience the blessings of tithing, because it means giving to God before you see if you're going to have enough. And by tithing, here's what you're declaring, I recognize that God is first in my life, all right? And I'm putting God, you first in my life, and I trust you to take care of everything else in my life, and first things are powerful. That's why I love that, you know, that we have church on the first day of the week. I mean, the fact that you're here on a Sunday morning is, I think, an incredible encouragement for your own life that you recognize, man, I need this in my life. I need God in my life. I need to be around people in my life. And this week is going to be better because I'm in his house and I'm getting a hold of God in my life. First, first things, first of the week, first of the day, how you start your day, I really believe determines how the rest of your day goes. So giving God the first of your day and when you wake up tomorrow, I think it's really important. January, first of the year as a church, we always do 21 days of prayer and fasting. Why? Because we believe in the importance of, man, just setting aside time to hear God and disconnect from the world because we want to see our year blessed in Jesus' name. Amen? And so first things. Everybody say first things. All right? Um, and so by tithing, uh, as we talk about with first things, there's an interesting scripture that I've read probably thousands of times that last night, uh, about this time, 12 hours ago, I sat on my couch and I felt like God was showing me something that I've, I've not quite seen before in this scripture. And I want to show you here. Let me read it first. It says this, should people cheat God? You have, yet you have cheated me, but you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? You have cheated me of the tithes and offerings due to me. You are under a curse. For your whole nation has been cheating me. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me now in this. Another version, uh, the King James Version says, test me in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And check this out. And I'm going to shut the, me the, the, the mouth of the devil up for you as well. All right. And so I personally believe, so I was reading this and I was just going to read it today. And man, it was just like before I went to bed last night, God was just like, I want, I, like I could just feel it. So I, I got up my computer and I was pulling out a couple studies and going back through this. Here's what I know. First thing that I know, I didn't get this last night. I've known this since I've been a Christian, that God doesn't need our money. You need to know that. that God's not like, he's not still trying to build, you know, the street of gold and, and, and needs our money to help that. Like, the, the road's paved, y'all, with gold, all right? He's good. Everybody say, he's good. But the Bible says here, don't cheat. Another version says, again, King James, or rob God. But I want you to kind of reread this in, in this sense. Don't cheat or rob God of an opportunity to bless you. And this is what I begin to see. And I actually think, this is my opinion, I actually think this is what he's saying in Malachi 3. I think he's saying this, that more than anything, uh, uh, not even really anything to do with money as it is, you're cheating me of the opportunity to bless you. And I saw that last night and I thought, oh my goodness, Lord, okay. And, and God is saying, and I, I would love to open up the windows of heaven for your life and pour out such blessing on you. And, and I want to be able to also continue to rebuke the devourer for your sake. But because you won't do it my way, you're cheating me of being able to bless you how I want to bless you. And, and so because you haven't given me the tithes and the offerings, you're cursed with a curse. And, and God is saying this, you're under a curse instead of a blessing, and that's not what I want for you. I want you to be under the blessing, and for you've cheated me, Scripture goes on to say, now again, 
here's what I want you to think about. Let's think about it this way, of the opportunities to bless you. I saw that differently. And so you've cheated me, this whole nation, bring all the tithes into the storehouse. That word storehouse literally means local church. And watch this, that there may be food in my house. And then Malachi 3, 6, it says this, I am the Lord, I do not change. Because I've been in ministry for a little while now, and this is a subject that always comes up with, 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 with church folks sometimes. And here's my question to those that the tithe, to, who contend that the tithe is no longer active. Because I've had these conversations too, but I really want to help you. And again, I want you to know I wouldn't be a good pastor if I didn't teach on this, okay? I just want to help our clarity and understanding. And, uh, you know, I had a family, last year we taught on the blessed life. Pastor Robert Morris, we used, uh, his, uh, we actually gave away his book. I had a family that came up to me uh, at the end of that series and say, Pastor, uh, we want to thank you for teaching this because we've never been taught correctly. We were always pressured where we came from, so we haven't given in 21 years. But God has used this to set us free, and now we are giving, but we feel an incredible amount of freedom that we've never felt. And I believe that's where right teaching is critical for us. A right theology leads to a right lifestyle. Wrong theology leads to a wrong one, all right? And so, so Malachi 3.6, again, I don't change. So then my question is, when did those things supposedly change? When did God change? The tithe, the firstborn, and the first fruits, Scripture says, all that belongs to God. And to, to us and, and how we believe, and I'm just telling you, that's not law, that's life. It is life. It's an unchanging principle established by an unchanging God. All right, and so I've heard many say that, man, well, tithe was under the law, and so I don't have to give, we're, we're under grace, and you don't have to do anything. Uh, it's fine. That's, that's between you and God. But just because something was, 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 in, was in the law doesn't mean we just throw it out. All right? If so, let me say it this way. If something was wrong under the law, can it be right under grace? Here's my, my example. In other words, we know that stealing and murder were in, under the Old Testament law. That was wrong. Is it now right under grace? No. You can say no. It's crazy if you think that way. All right. So if something was right under the law, is it now wrong under grace? All right. And so if you read in the New Testament, you'll notice that many times Jesus is teaching they, in his parables that he always is bringing out, which I think is awesome, an old covenant law to remind us. And then what he does, I'm going to show you an example. He then takes that Old Testament law and he actually sets a higher standard by his grace. I'm going to show you a couple examples here. For example, in the Old Testament said in the law not to commit murder, but then in the New Testament, Jesus said, I don't even want you to be angry with a brother. Notice the higher standard. You see that? Then in the law in the Old Testament said, don't commit adultery, but then in the New Testament, Jesus said, hey, I don't even want you to look at a woman with lust in your heart. Everybody say a higher standard. All right, and so in other words, the righteousness that grace demands and Jesus is grace goes further than that which the law demands. It's so powerful. All right, that's why I smile, I kind of giggle even, I probably shouldn't, when people say I don't tithe because I'm under grace, not the law. And I kind of giggle. <laughs> and then I say, oh, so you give according to grace. They say yes. I say, man, that's incredible. That means you're crushing it because that means you give more than 10%. And they kind of like, <laughs> Uh, and here's the deal. Because the righteousness of grace exceeds the righteousness of the law, it's a higher standard. Here's the point. There's certain principles in your Bible, man, that, that permeate the word of God, and tithing is one of them. 
all right? And so when we give according to grace, we actually give more than a tithe. But today we're just talking about the tithe. We're talking about the 10% today in the first fruits offering because it's a bedrock principle. And so that's why without exception, man, tithers that I know have always said, they won't talk about how rich they are. They'll talk about how blessed they are. You'll hear that response. Man, my family's blessed. Man, we're doing good. God is faithful. And they, they, they always give that. That's why I've never met an ex-tither in my life. All right, but in contrast, every non-tither I've ever spoken with always says, I can't afford to tithe. All right, and so if God is first in your life, everything else will come into order. But if God is not first in your life, nothing will come into order. Your marriage, your health, finances, family. Here's the second thing. We put God first by giving him the first of everything. Check out this incredible, wild, audacious story in your Bible here in Genesis. Two brothers. Now Abel kept flocks and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, everybody say in the course of time. Cain brought some of the first fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. Check what, ha look what happens. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering. But on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. I mean, if you read that, you're thinking, man, man, like uh, Cain got gypped. Like what happened, God? And I want to show you something about this. Notice what your Bible says there. Cain, the Bible says he grew his crops, and then over a period of time, he gave an offering. All right, so let me, let me put that in 2019 terms. When it was convenient is when he gave. But his brother said, no, 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 no. I understand first things, and I'm giving God my first. And notice what he does. He brings the good stuff, the fat portions, all right? Like, if you have a steak, like a good steak, a good one will have a little bit of fat on it for some taste. How many know what I'm talking about? And for those that hate meat, I'm sorry, all right? But, but their lies the truth, all right? And so, but that's why his was blessed, because it was the best, all right? And it's interesting to me, the principle of tithe right here in this moment began 430 years before it was ever placed in the law. Just a little Bible nugget fact, all right? I'm kind of guru for that. But here's the thing about first things. Supernatural favor comes on your life in ways that, man, I can never explain. And, and I would even say it's like little things, too. I mean, I joke about it with Bethany and, my, and, and our staff here. And they'll be with me at a store or maybe a restaurant or something. And, uh, and, and even if, you know, if I'm looking to, to, to pick something up at the store, I just get deals, man. It's crazy. And uh, you may say coincidences, like, come on, Pastor, come on. I'm telling you, ask my wife, ask some of our staff. Like, they're with me. A parking spot, it's like the Red Sea opens up. I'm not kidding. Like, there's always a parking spot at the front for me. And you know what I tell my wife and, and our staff? I said, y'all, blessing of the Lord. And I said, I'm a tither. <laughs> and they laugh like you are. And, and here's what I'm saying. And, and, and I hear some people are saying, oh, my gosh, it's coincidence. No. And I'm just telling you, the blessed life is godly coincidences happening on a normal basis. And you'll just see God move in a way I'm telling you. I started when I was 13. I'm 34 today. I've been a faithful tither my 21 years, and I'm just telling you, God has never let me down. Never. Has it been hard sometimes? Absolutely. I'm going to share a story in a minute and tell you about one of the hardest moments in my life. But Leviticus 27 says, a tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil, fruit of the trees, belongs to the Lord. I referred to this earlier. It is holy to the Lord. We're tithed, and the Bible literally means tenth or tenth part. And the number 10 through the Bible represents testing, all right? Tithe is, represents the ultimate heart test. 
It is the only area in your Bible, only place in your Bible, Malachi 3.10, where God says to test me. So God is essentially saying, I triple dog dare you to test me in this and see if I'll not prove myself faithful. So tithing is returning the 10% of our income back to God. It's the principle of the first thing, the principle of faith that initiates the blessing. It's, it's sad to me that most there's a lot of Christians in the world today that fear the IRS and their mortgage company more than they fear God. And I, let me say it this way, that they respect them more than they respect God. And so God, I've just learned, can do more with my 90% than I ever could with 100% on my own. And if we trust God with our eternity, we ought to be able to trust God with our money. Amen, church? And so, again, God he doesn't need us to give. He, he's, he's doing fine, all right? He's doing good, but he wants you blessed because giving isn't about convenience, it's about obedience. If I do my part, God does his part. Deuteronomy 26 says, then you shall say before the Lord your God, I have removed the holy tithe from my house. What is that saying? In other words, that I don't want what belongs to God staying in my house because it's holy and I'm going to take it to God because it's his. Once it leaves my hands, it goes to God. So for Beth and I, our family, and the way we view it as a church is tithing is not law. It is life. It is life-giving to those that believe. And the Deuteronomy 14, 23, the purpose of tithing is to teach you to always put God in first place in your life. Here's the final thing I want to give you, and I'm going to end with a story in just a second. That is uh, number three, that the first blesses the rest. Proverbs 3 says this, In all your ways acknowledge him, honor the Lord. With your wealth, with the first fruits of all you produce, and then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. Acknowledge him. So I'll never forget when Beth and I, when we, end of 2010, God spoke to me and said, hey, it's time to move. It's time to trust me and, and move to Fort Wayne and, and start this church. And, and man, I was like ready, but freaking out. And like, how's this all going to work? And I had to quit my job, which immediately cut our income in half totally totally. And if that wasn't enough, I mean, we emptied out our savings and everything to move here. And I don't say this for any kind of false praise. I I'm not looking for that when I say this today. I want to share with you our journey. And there is a real moment because Bethany was my sugar mama. Thank you, Jesus. All right. And uh, she believed in me and the dream. And so she was the only one working while I was trying to figure it out and planning this church. And I'll never forget, it was, it was uh, in August time that we really... We're in the highest pressure, pressure situation we've ever been. I, I, I look back, you know, as Bethany and I talked about this, I look back at that season and I have no idea how we made it but God. And I remember being in a place, I was sitting in the room, I was the one taking care of the bills and then always, you know, giving God our tithe. And I literally had bills here, this is literally how it was on my desk, and then my check ready for tithe. And the thought came up to me and fear came at me. And I heard the devil say, you're not going to have enough. This thing's going to fail before it even starts. And I began to just wrestle in my heart. And I said, God, we don't. We can't pay the rent. We can't, we can't pay some of these electric bills. Like, if I hang on to this, I know that we'll be okay. And then I heard the Holy Spirit just whisper and say, you got to trust me. And then I thought, well, my God. I've quit my job, I've come this far, what am I doing? But I was having a real moment and I said, God, I know you didn't send us here to fail and I know you're going to take care of Bethany and Ashton, myself, we're going to see you move. 
And so I wrote that tithe check out, and I went to Bethany. I'm crying. I said, babe, we just got to trust God. I, I don't know what else to do, but knowing he's got us this far, and he's been faithful. Sometimes you have to give yourself a history lesson of what God has done for you. And so we gave, and nothing happened the next week. Nothing happened the following week. I thought, oh, Jesus, crunch time. Third week comes, still. And I had an invitation at a small church on the east side of Indianapolis, about 100 people. And I'll never forget, I've preached at that church before, Bethany will tell you. And after that night, I'd shared my heart, and my message was on Dream again. I shared my heart on, on just the vision of this church. And I was getting ready to leave the church that night when a man I've never met came up to me, never seen him before. And he said, uh, he said uh, Kyle, he said, I just want to thank you for sharing your heart tonight. I just want you to know, believe in what God has placed in your heart for Fort Wayne. He said, I know I don't know you and you don't know me, but God told me to believe in you. And he stuck his hand out and he handed me a check. And I thought, you know, I was like, oh, this guy, awkward moment, do I open it? You know, and I thought, well, I'll open it and see. And man, I opened it, it was a check for $10,000. And I cried like a little baby. And all I can say is God knew exactly where we were at and what was happening because he is my provider. Listen, our, her job wasn't our provider. Money was not our provider. God is our provider, everybody. Amen. Let me pray for us, if you'd allow me to today. God, we love you. And what I realize, this, this is a subject that hits all of us in different ways. More than anything, what I want every one of us to feel is the incredible love of who you are and your desire to want to bless us, your desire to care for us. Even when we have a, whole time, even when we have a hard time, God, of letting go, I pray that right now, the Holy Spirit, that you just move and talk and help us. Help us to see you as our source for everything. In the name of Jesus. And so, Lord, right now, I just ask that you move upon our hearts, God, and that we see you as our source for everything in our life. If you're here today and you don't know, you don't know Jesus as Lord of your life, you don't know him personally, I want to give you an opportunity right now to just respond. Because more than anything, this is about your heart. It's not about a figure, it's about your heart. If God has your heart, he has your life. And today, maybe that's where you need to begin. Is you need to give your heart completely and fully to God. So on the count of three, if that's you, I just want you to just boldly raise your hand. I'm not going to ask you to come down to the front or stand up, but just boldly say, yeah, Pastor, that's me. I need to put him first in my life. Come on, one, two, three, real high. Come on, let's say that's me. I believe there's people need to respond. Yeah, 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 awesome, awesome. Come on, anybody else that says that's me? Awesome, yeah, got you guys. Awesome, yeah, over here, got you. Got you. All right, you can put your hands down. I just want to lead you in a prayer. And just say this, say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I'm putting you first in my life today. I invite you in my heart. And I make you my Lord and Savior. Thank you for loving me. And thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, can we give God just a great big hand? Come on, a bunch of people right here that just said yes to God.